and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by writer Jennifer Inglis. <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn you down just a little bit on my speakers right. here. There, because I can, I'm hearing you breathe. Not that it's a problem. We want you to breathe. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Breathing is a vital. I'm write a note. Yeah, breathing I'm is vitally. Allowed to breathe. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, so I, I want to start off our interview about career changes. Um, yeah. You went from school teacher to writer. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. Well, actually, I went from other things to school teacher to writer. Oh. Uh, I went back to school at an advanced age uh, to, you know, about, ooh, I started the process about 15 years ago uh, to become an English teacher. I had been working in advertising for, oh gosh, a number of years, uh, doing like media analysis and ad placement and all that really fun stuff. Right. Um, and I just said, you know, this is this is not working for me. And my mother had gone back to school uh, to get to become a teacher, something she probably sh probably should have done years before, but, you know, didn't. And she encouraged me to start the process, which I did about 15 years ago. Uh, I have a degree in theater oh, and wow. I wanted to teach English. So I had to go take some university level classes and make up some deficiencies um, and then I started the program about 11 years ago, and I got my uh, Illinois State Teacher Certification uh, in Secondary English, grades 6 through 12, and uh, uh, which also led to a master's degree in teaching. And I taught in the Chicago suburbs in a high-needs school district for about six years. I was a drama teacher. And uh, it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't middle school is not where I uh, expected myself to be. I pictured myself as a very cool high school English teacher, you know, with lots of turquoise and the scarves. Um, and I found myself teaching middle school drama to children who did not want to learn drama. Oh. And they were quite adamant about that. Um, and during that time, um, I really I started writing. I started writing humorous essays, um, which I put on a blog. And entertaining my friends with, you know, funny little, I thought, funny little emails. And uh, at some point, I decided to take those essays and put them into a book, which I self-published in 2013. Uh, and that was fun. It was a vanity project, but it was fun. And I got to thinking, you know what? I think I can do this. And I've always written right. know, poems and, short, you know, whatnot. Uh, but really just seriously had an idea for a novel and I, and I did it, I wrote it and I finished it. Oh, I would say about five years ago. And uh, I managed to find you, find a wonderful agent. And then we found a wonderful publisher, wonderful small publisher. And, you know, I was off and running. I left teaching because I'd had enough and uh, here we are. Okay. So that kind of swings into my second question. I was like, oh, man, please don't tell too much. Don't tell too much. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, second question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No, it happens to me all the time. You know, I, there are some people I get on, and it's like, we, I don't know, they have some kind of oh, mental link where they can just jump right into my next question. I don't even have to say anything. <laughs> No, I'm just in love with the sound of my own voice. Well, That's you like... have a great voice. You could actually probably do what I'm doing. Um, let's see. Not, so let me back this up just a little bit. So you're not sure. just a writer. 
Um, I think as I read and, and as you were saying, uh, screenwriter, and I have something in here as like stand up and uh, director yeah. in theater. And yeah. I'm just kind of curious about the break time in the time frame because you you jumped ahead. You you did advertising, which this part I did not mm. know. So I've got that on, on the sideline here. Um, so break down the exact career space. I want to know how you went from the advertising and you went to back to school. But tell me where yeah. the stand up comes into all that. Uh, well, I, it's, it's funny. I have stand up material and I did a little stand up in college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, open mics and whatnot, uh, moderately, moderately okay. And then I didn't do it for a while. And then I decided, you know, when I when I left teaching that I, you know, I'm going to work up to it. And I took some classes at the Second City in uh, sketch comedy writing. And I, I met some uh, young people, young people, <laughs> youngsters uh-huh. uh, there that did stand-up comedy. And I kind of got inspired and they encouraged me. And I started putting together new material and then the pandemic hit. Mm. So, you know, I'm a stand-up without an audience. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to get into it again for the first time since, you know, the 90s. And uh, Mother Nature had other ideas. So I haven't yet stepped in front of the mic as, as a grown-up. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping when uh, things go back to whatever passes as normal uh, in the future that I can I can get back to it. Not. Did I just hear you say the 90s? You did it in the 90s as well? No, just in college in the Oh, 90s. just in the college. Okay. Yeah, All right. I want to make yeah. sure I didn't miss something. I'm like, wait a minute. No. Where's this coming from? <laughs> um, I got to do some better research. I'm telling you. No, no. I just, I'm kind of all over the place. So I, you know, what I did is I took, you know, whatever I would have used as stand-up material and kind of made them into essays. Right. Okay. you know, uh, written monologues. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was kind of my comedy outlet for, for a good long time until I studied at the Second City in Chicago. Okay. So tell me what kind of uh, stand-up, I mean, what kind of content was you really rolling with on your, on your stand-up? Oh, back in the day mm-hmm. and really, it's, I, you know, I write about, as we all do, our own my own personal experience, what it's like to be uh, Jewish and a woman of of varying sizes. Uh, as we all do over the years, um, you know, and common irritants, uh-huh. you know, those people who and things that I uh, have trouble processing in the world because uh, we've all got our thing. Um, what it's like to be, you know, a woman, an unmarried woman of uh-huh. a certain age, you know, uh, never been married. And I'm totally cool with that. That's fine. As Joy, as Joy Behar, the comedian, used to say, she's like, I want a man in my life, not in my house. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, understand yeah. that. I can get that. And I can, yeah. I'm right with you on that. Well, I'm married, so, I, you know. <laughs> I just tell, what's that? There's a, Heather was this joke. There's this joke that goes around on um, TikTok when they say, when people people ask me why I'm not dating anymore, and then you hear the guy in the background, he says, "For the last time, I'm not your roommate; I'm your husband." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. That just came into my mind. That's not that was funny. So, um, taking a note on your experiences, and as far as you did a little bit of screenwriting, am I correct on saying that? Yeah, I um, I converted my first novel, "Girls Who Wear Glasses," into a uh, a, a one hour pilot. Okay. And, uh, you know, I put it out there and, you know, we're still seeing if anything comes from it. Uh, it's a slow process. But, yeah, I, I, I turned in, turned my book into a, a potential pilot. 
for television. Okay. And that jumps in right in past this question to four. <laughs> On your screenwriting, as far you just as to, I'll, I'll just keep, I'll just take over. I'll just take over. <laughs> now, you know what? I know actually. I, you know, because sometimes you'll get someone who really is real talkative, and then there's some that you have to maybe help lead and coax into everything. So that's I'm all fine with either way. But let's let's go jump right ahead. Let's talk about uh, girls who wear glasses, and tell us a little bit about its creation, how that came about for you. Yeah, it's it was an interesting thing. Um, do you remember the Dove soap commercials from about 10, 15 years ago that was promoting body positivity and with the uh, women of all different sizes in in their in their underwear and the commercials and print ads? Do you on remember the, those? On the total risk of dating me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm still beyond no, that. No, yeah, I'm still beyond that. Oh, I'm, I'm older than dirt. I compared. just turned forty nine this week, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not I'm not far behind you. <laughs> oh, now <laughs> you're older than dirt, but you're not far behind me. That's all right. I won't take offense. Keep going. <laughs> Dove commercials. <laughs> Sorry. I, That's I, all right. I assume everybody's about 10 years younger than I am. I don't know. I I've, 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 to be honest with you, I've come to the point when I enter the room, I'm going to be the oldest person there. So keep going, honey. <laughs> Dove oh soap. God, yeah. Oh, I'm at, I'm at the point where I see a cute guy and I think to myself, if I were 20 years younger, I'd still be too old for me. <laughs> I'm thinking if you don't got enough gray hair, he's not my age. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But those, that, that run of ads. And okay. I thought... Okay, this whole body positivity thing, I think that's wonderful. And I really do, sincerely. But some of us are not there yet. And, you know, whether it's a generational thing or a cultural thing or a, you know, society thing, I said, that's great. Not all of us are there yet. Uh -huh. And wouldn't it be interesting to tell the story of a, a plus size woman, however you want to define that term, who isn't there yet? Okay. who has issues with her appearance and it affects her life. And, you know, I came up with a story and, you know, of course we all pull from our, our lives as, uh, as writers. It's not autobiographical, not even thinly veiled autobiographical, but you know, some of my points of view are in there. Right. And so I just started with the story about a woman who is not happy with herself right. and how does she negotiate her life? And how does she see herself and how does she define herself with her relationships with her found family, you know, her circle of friends. And I just took it from there. Right. Well, you know, I think sadly, um, a lot of us can relate um, at women in general. I'm not saying that yeah. men don't go this, but I'm not a man, so I can't really speak for right. the gender. But yeah. for my own self, I understand... Um, never feeling quite you know what i'm saying like you're you're yeah. the, you're the one who judges yourself the most harsh oh god yeah yeah so yeah. i get that and i was picked on yeah. in school and i've been every size in the book okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um i have been you know i've just i've just been i've been smaller i've been this i've starved myself i've had an eating disorder so yeah. i get where you're coming from on this yeah. completely and i i think just as me me being the wiser one here because I'm a little older, right? <laughs> I think that once you reach a certain age, it's not as much of an important issue as it is when we are younger. 
Right. But I think that, that, again, that comes with age. It comes with that time and that experience. Because if you were to tell your younger self what we know now, you would probably like, who's this old lady trying to tell me what to do? Exactly. (laughs) So as you talk about writing a screenplay, and I believe that I I got the sensation when I was doing the research, and you let me know if I'm wrong, but I, I got the sensation that your dream job would be to write spec scripts um, for television, perhaps? Am I getting this wrong? Yeah, you're very close. Um, I love writing novels, and I'm going to continue to do that. Um, But, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to write for television. Right. You know, on staff at a a sitcom. I think the first show I ever really wanted to write for was, I think, I would say, Mad About You. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I'm that old. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But shows like that, shows like Seinfeld and Mad About You and Frasier and Will and Grace, the original. Oh, yes. uh, The original. Yes. Yes. Even Friends to a certain extent. Even Friends to a certain extent, I think, really shaped my my worldview and, uh, you know, what what I wanted to do and how I wanted to express myself creatively. Mm-hmm. I said, how great is that? You have a recurring set of characters. You get to tell their story every week and make people laugh in the process. And it, oh, I thought, you know, it's, it's the best of all worlds as far as I was concerned. So, yeah. Oh, God. Writing for television. <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be the best, along with writing novels, because I, I have found that to be something I enjoy very, very much. Right. Well, let's see. Um, let's backtracking a few questions. Um, and you're talking about your aspirations of screenwriting. Can you maybe take a minute with, um, so girls who wear glasses, keep that in mind. Explain the writing process uh, for you on how it was as a writing as a book and how you've done um, your screenwriting for your sitcom. Sure. Um, well, imagine taking a bunch of glitter and throwing it up in the air. And then as it lands, that's my writing process. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. I, some people are very much plotsers, uh-huh. which sounds like a Yiddish term. Oh, I could plots. Um, but, and then some people are uh, very much seat of the pants writers and I'm, I'm the latter. I just kind of have an idea and I just, I go from signpost to signpost. I, I, every time I do that, though, I hear my late mother's voice in my head going, you need to outline it. <laughs> <laughs> outline it. Um, in, her, in her very, very uh, distinctive New York accent. Right. Um, when I started Girls, I, had, I just had the, basically the story in my head. I had the, the beginning, the middle, and the end. I had certain scenes that I knew needed to happen. And in between, I would just sit there and go, all right, what needs to happen next? Then I'd sit and marinate on it for a little while, and then I'd, I'd write the next scene, and okay, what needs to happen next? And, and kind of keep going from there. Um, and then you go back and you fill in, and you fix, and you edit, and you know, you take things out, you know, eliminate chapters. Um, but I really just go from signpost to signpost. These need to happen, and how do I get there? Um, so that's how I wrote my book. I do need. I do need to outline it, but I. I, I don't quite. I don't quite. Um, and as far as transferring that to a, 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 you know, a script, it's difficult. It is. It is much more difficult than I thought. Right. 
it might have been easier to do it as a two-hour feature. Mm. But uh, I really wanted to focus on, you know, television and the new and the new, newfangled streaming media. Um, so I tried to cut it down to make it episodic. And you have to look at the beginning of your story and say, okay, what do I really need to focus on? How do I introduce this character to the world when we don't have the benefit of being in her head? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I, ha- I you know, I can't. I can't tell you how she's feeling or get into her thought process. Uh, You know, as an audience member, you're sitting on the outside. You're not privy to that. So you really have to pare down the story. Right. And uh, you go, well, okay, what about this? Well, I could, I can do that in another episode. How do I, how do I introduce this character and set up her issues and, you know, get it going. And that's why pilots are so difficult. Right. Most of the time, I don't love pilots of any show, even shows I grow to love. Because there's just so much to ingest. Right. So that's why you have to kind of give a good show a couple of episodes to get into it. So it was a very difficult process, you know, kind of paring away, you know, at, at the essence of the story and, you know, put her put her on the screen, if you will. Right. Well, a couple, figuratively. Of, a couple of things come to mind when I'm hearing you speak. Um, one, when you go back and you talk about how you don't outline a map. I find it interesting. <laughs> Hear me out on this. Simply sure. because, well, I've written a couple of books myself, about about 12. Um, oh, wow. And, and, yeah, don't be in two press. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my third. Yeah, don't, be, my third. don't be too impressed. I write for myself. And if it, it intrigues someone else along the line, then that makes me happy. But well, you I, have I, to. I, yeah, you absolutely I, have right. to do that. I totally write for myself. Although... I understand both ways. I understand writing for your fan base too. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not naive to that. However, when I stop and think, because I've I've gotten my criticism when I when I started out, okay, because you know, mm-hmm. everyone shows their mom, and because your mom like it, don't mean the whole world's gonna, you know. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm gonna be big. Mom loves it, but not quite that way. But, my mom had notes. That's okay. <laughs> My husband did, but we won't go there. Yeah, my, my mom had notes. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, like I was saying, um, so I always had to believe, because I did a little bit of college, but nowhere near what you did. So mm. when I stop and think about the outlining price, I always think these are more academic people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That have gone. Mm-hmm. So you actually like slapped me in the face by my thinking right there, because you're more <laughs> by the seat of the pants. And I, I can really relate because that's how I write. Yeah. I start with a premise and then I go, and then my characters build as I write. And I'll do yeah. a sideline thing building that character just in case I want to do a sequel or whatever, you know. Right. So I'll write as the characters write. I'll add to that. So that I find very mm-hmm. interesting um, because you just blew my whole theory there away. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I won't judge you for it because I'm like, yeah, this girl's my kind of girl. Um, but the other part, when you talk about, uh, screenwriting, here's what I find Mm -hmm. interesting. So I, this is just me assuming I have no knowledge of this at all. Okay. So you let me know and you have more experience at this than I do. I'm I'm a novice as well. I mean, it's it's, it's a new process for me. (laughs) Well, let's spit spot some theories here. Um, I would think when you start to write that. Um, because like you said, you can't really tell what she's thinking unless you're into a monologue and you have it, you know what I mean? Where kind of like how sex in the city, she would talk over, you know what I mean? And over the dialogue. However, 
when you when you would write for the sitcom, do you feel as though, and maybe this is just me, would you have to write more as far as showing her emotions and as far as motion of her body, her face, where she stands, how she holds herself? Um, yeah. so, you know what I mean? I'm just curious about your concept on that. Would you, do you think about that when you're writing? Because I, I hear you say about breaking it down and trying to yeah. pinpoint those areas. Have you thought about that in general to when you're writing for screenplay? I do, but that's just because I'm a former actor. Okay. Uh, you really, I think, and again, I'm a novice at this. I have a script, but okay. that's, that's the extent of it. Okay. Um, you got more I, than I got, so go with it. But it's it's hard because there there is a lot. You basically are providing a skeleton as far as I'm concerned. And mm-hmm. then as far as uh, how the character moves and talks, that's the actor's job. Right. Uh, that's the director's job. Um, so you just, I think with a script, you're really providing a framework okay. and a story. And then the director and the actors are going to kind of take and take that and run with it. Okay. So it makes you wonder though, when you do that, it, does the story kind of evolve into maybe how the director or the actor oh, yeah. sees it? So oh, yeah. as, okay. Yeah. Have, have you, since you've done the acting, have you ever felt that, or have you had ever in a situation where a writer of a screenplay was like, that's not quite the intent that I met? Well, yeah, it, 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 my acting, you know, with, this, with stage acting, a lot of times some, some playwrights will put a lot of stage directions to the actors mm-hmm. um, in there. And it could be anywhere from crosses stage left, okay. um, which could be problematic because maybe the maybe the director doesn't want them to cross stage left at that point. And then mm-hmm. you have to just take that as a suggestion. And then sometimes uh, playwrights will put in the stage directions really how they want the part to be, the line to be read, the monologue to be done. And I don't know, unless the playwright is in the audience, um, I think you're free to to make it your own. Right. You know, if you're the actor working with the director, they can take it in a whole other direction. Because, as you know, as a writer, no matter what you're writing, once you put that out in the world, oh yeah, it's not yours anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So if you're a playwright, you just kind of have to go, okay, well, these are my suggestions. You know, if you can do that if you're not a, I don't know what language you allow on your thing. If you're not a jerk. <laughs> I try to stay, um, you know, nice and even. Right. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, I get you. Fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah, if you're not blank. a yeah. fill in the blank. Exactly. Um, you just go, okay, well, that's that's how they're taking it. And I know some screen write, uh, playwrights and screenwriters are probably very strict. At, no, 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 that's not how I wanted it. But really, once you put the, the, the play, the script, the book out there, mm-hmm. you know, it's not yours anymore. And people are free to interpret however they want. So. Right. I do have an, an idea how a scene would be played when I write it, but I also have to keep in mind that it could be done completely differently. Right. We're 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 all, we're basically out of time, but I have a few more questions. Do you want to stick oh, with no. me for just a little bit more? Absolutely. All I'll right. stay for an hour. <laughs> I only do about twenty minutes, oh. but I do have a few more questions, so I don't want to let sure. you go yet. But I just want to I'll, make I'll, sure. I'll keep them brief. I'll okay. Keep them brief. <laughs> Oh, yo, you're fine. You're fine. Um, sometimes we're a little longer, but 20 minutes is what I shoot for. But sure. um, we're good if you go over it. So I'm not. I'm not. That's not a problem at all. 
But what okay, I want to I... do is I want to talk just a little bit about um, a future endeavors. Um, I believe that it is Enchanting Sarah Greenberg. I want to hit base with that a little bit. Can you tell us a little sure. bit if you can? I know it's not quite out yet, right? Yeah, it's coming out March 22nd. I think we're going to drop it. Okay. Uh, so... We pushed it ahead a little bit from City Owl Press, a right. love, lovely small publisher. Uh, yeah, it's coming out March 25th. I can, I, 22nd. I'm, I'm free to talk about it. Okay. In fact, I'd love to. Oh, awesome. Uh, Good. It, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd be here. Yeah, Enchanting Sarah Greenberg is my take on magical realism for adults. Okay. Um, you know, kind of a Harry Potter thing without the rampant transphobia. Mm. Um, yeah, well, you know, in Israel, it's a bit, a bit problematic. Yeah, I won't go there. I don't do that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's about a 39-year-old food writer from Chicago mm-hmm. whose family owns a long-standing magic shop you know, magic store in, in the city. And, and of course, if you're from the Chicagoland area, you know, when I say the city, I'm obviously referring to Chicago because what other city is there? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry, New York. Sorry. No, you're not hurting me. I live in Ruralville, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, her family owns a longstanding uh, magic shop. Mm-hmm. And through a couple of incidents, she finds that she comes from a family of actual magicians and magician magic spelled a little bit differently. Uh, they are actual honest to gosh, magicians, no illusions. They can actually do harness magic. And uh, she, she was apparently born without the ability and her whole family kept it from her. And then she was kind of a late bloomer and discovered that she can do magic. And she comes from a family of, powerful magicians and you know she has to make this very sudden life adjustment on who she thought she was you know just a writer living an ordinary life with a nice boyfriend and a nice job and didn't consider herself anything special and then all of a sudden finds she has these extraordinary abilities and how do you make that adjustment right any big change in your life and And then hijinks ensue i'm assuming there's going to be lots of humor in this Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just my thing. I I have to write humorous stories. You know, my goal is to tell the story, but also make people laugh. Nice. Nice. It's, it's super important. So there's some fun characters and uh, some uh, hopefully some some uh, humorous elements for people to enjoy. Nice. You throw some action in there. You got me hooked. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit. Okay. A little bit. So with a final question, because we're in the holidays and all that. Um, for my final question, with the holidays in the air, let's talk tradition. Tell me a holiday that could find its way into your book. Let's see. Um, Arbor Day is very oh. important to me. No. <laughs> um, I have to tell you, I, I grew up in a very non-observant family. Um, my mother is Jew- was Jewish. And my father's family are not, you know, nice family of Gentiles. Um, so I kind of grew up in a, in a dual religion household. I consider myself Jewish. I, don't I, I was about ready just to point to that because you'd said Jewish. And so I was, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like the term half Jewish. I, you know, I am, I am. Right. Uh, but I acknowledge, you know, my father's, my father's uh, family history, which is long and storied. Um, 
so we had we had two things going in the house. We'd have a menorah in the kitchen and a Christmas tree in the in the uh, in the living room. Uh, and my mother loved Christmas decorations. Right, loved them. I mean, she she always figured as long as she didn't have baby Jesus in the manger, we were all right. <laughs> you know, nothing was going to burst into flames. Right, right. It wasn't so, going to combust. Okay, I got you. Right, right. We're okay. We're not. We're not. We're not ticking anybody off. We're good. <laughs> Um, so, you know, every year we'd have the tree and the menorah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have made my characters, uh, my characters so far have been Jewish okay. and, uh, and varying degrees of observant. Um, but I think it's, for me, it's always been more of a cultural aspect and, and, and a touchstone uh, okay. to pull from. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's a point of view. You know, it's, it's a, it's a way, you know, it's being taller than your grandmother by age 10. <laughs> right. It's, it's the food. It's, you know, having another grandmother who thinks if one is good, three is better. And do we have enough? And it's like, well, I heard the fleet is in. I think we're going to have enough. <laughs> so I'm hearing you say chalk generalism. So have you already touched base on the holidays in your books? Not really. Not um, really. I do talk about um, Shabbat okay. in the in the second book, in Enchanting Sarah Greenberg. Uh, they and have a family dinner, and another character asks, "Well, is it is a Shabbat dinner?" And she said, "No, it's not on Friday nights. It's Saturdays. We just that's when we could get together." Okay, explain um, Shabbats for for us who don't know. Oh, it's it's. I don't observe it myself, but okay. basically, it's the end of the week. It's a time we power down. Uh, you know, we, you know, we abstain from work. I uh, say a couple of prayers over dinner. It's a sundown. Uh, people who observe this, observe this, they really just power down. I don't remember okay. the religious significance behind it. I know I should. I <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but, you know, you you light some candles right. and that's the end of your day. So from sundown to sundown, it's just kind of, you know, turn off the screens, turn off the computers, turn off the phones. And just, uh, you know, t- touch base with right. yourself and with the people that, you know, you consider your family. Wonderful. I really enjoyed having you on the program today. Oh, thank you. And you will have to come back when this newest comes out. We'll definitely Absolutely. have to have you back. I want to thank our audience for coming in. I'm so happy that you guys join us every Thursday and sometimes Tuesdays and sometimes an odd day. <laughs> it just depends on what's going on. I really appreciate it. Please stay tuned to next Thursday when we have our next guest. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great evening. Thank you again. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just kind of... You know, turn off the screens, turn off the computers, turn off the phones, and just, uh, you know, t- touch base with right. yourself and with the people that, you know, you consider your family. Wonderful. I really enjoyed having you on the program today. Oh, thank you. And you will have to come back when this newest comes out. We'll definitely Absolutely. have to have you back. I want to thank our audience for coming in. I'm so happy that you guys join us every Thursday and sometimes Tuesdays and sometimes an odd day. (laughs) It just depends on what's going on. I really appreciate it. Please stay tuned to next Thursday when we have our next guest. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great evening. Thank you again. See you next time.